0: All right. Well, today we're continuing in a, uh, the series where we're talking about how um, our spiritual gifts, in the way that, means the, the, that makes the most sense to me, it's uh, a way that um, may not make sense to you, but it's the way that I found the most practical. And that comes from uh, 1 Corinthians. And uh, I'm loading, so I'll have to read off the screen. Uh, There are but different kinds of gifts, but the same kind of Spirit distributes uh, them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but all of them, in everyone is the same God at work. So as we look at this, it's, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. And Paul, here in this verse, divides the gifts into three sections. Gifts, ministries, and activities or services. And as we look at this, uh, we we see that the, uh, the way that makes the most sense to me is Paul is saying there's one motivational gift that drives your activities. And drives your ministries. And that Greek word there, different gifts, is found, where he makes a list of gifts, is found in Romans chapter 12. And so as he talks about Romans chapter 12, he says, you know, we're all the same. And he says this because in the Roman world, there's a hierarchy The more money you have, basically, the higher up on the food chain you are. And it was in the church like that, too. In Rome, they're saying, well, these guys are less than us. And he's saying, no, we're all equal, but we are created differently with different gifts of spirit. But that's what we're all, but we should not look at yourself as being above anyone else because you're not. You're just different. Created in one, the Holy Spirit with one goal in mind. And so last week, we looked at prophecy as being our, dev- our primary motivational gift. Prophecy being the divine enablement to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely and culturally sensitive action, so proclaiming truth. And some of you were like, I know that is not me. And some of you are like, well, that it might have been me. And today we're talking about the next one in the list, right? If it's prophesy, prophesy according to the pro, uh, your proportion of one's faith. If it's service, then what? Prophesy? No. Use it for service. Which makes sense. Like prophecy, service is one of those things that we all do and have been called to do at some level. It's one of those things that you all will do we all have people that we take care of and we want to you know serve in some level that's we're all servants. the Greek word um, diaconion um, is the same word that you know use ministries it's 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 how we minister to those around us, and we all minister to people in some fashion or ways, so whether it be your children or your, you know, that neighbor that you like, and not so much the other one, but the, the one that you like. Um, we all serve someone or something, and that's... And, Now, one of the challenges we have when we, with the gift of with services is often we become so focused on the outpouring of service that we neglect the motivation behind why we're serving. Why we're doing these things. Like we get caught up in things like healing, or we get caught up in like teaching, or we got caught up in in prophesying or or or, or speaking in tongues. Or, and, and we sometimes we say, well, that might be the reason why you do some things. And you might maybe how you are saying so you might get caught up in those ministries and think that's your gift. But it may be. You're actually a servant. See, the problem if we get caught up in the how it shows is we can burn out real quickly because we're not actually being servant, we're being something else. Or if that event is no longer like you taught kids forever and you're like, well, I'm not teaching kids anymore because someone else is doing it. And you're like, then you might feel useless. And without, but the real question is, why were you teaching kids in the first place? It may have been because you were a servant. Let's talk about what the uh, definition of gift of service is, right? Gift of service. Service is the divine enablement to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of a physical task Within the body of Christ, the ability to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs that release other Christians for direct spiritual ministry. I got that from Chip Ingram. Okay, so let's break that down, right? Because those are big words. It's divine enablement. That means it comes from God. It's not like you were just born with it. God gave you it. He gave you an ability to accomplish physical tasks within the church, within the body of believers. You're someone who shows love by making sure that practical needs are met. Which in turn... Releases other people instead of worrying about all the practical needs to take care of use of their gifts to grow the ministry and their gifts, right? People with this gift are always are often asking, What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Which means. Like that email that went out, that, that scam email, means you were probably one of the first to get, a, to get hit by this. Because you want to serve. Giving and service is probably the two most gifts that we're going to fall for this one. Because you see the world through your gift of service. And you want to serve. People with this gift don't need a lot of recognition. They don't need the highlights. They work behind the scenes. They like manual projects. And they usually, they often have the ability to see people's needs even without them asking for it. You ever have that dealing with someone who You talk to them for a few minutes, had a little conversation, and then three weeks later they bring you something. You're like, I don't remember asking for this, yeah, but I know you needed it. Or after meetings, I think we really need to pray for so and so because they're they're having trouble. You're like, I didn't get that at all, but they saw the need. They're really attuned to the practical needs of people. And they are often able to overlook their own personal discomfort to meet those needs. And they make things happen because they want to serve. They can be some of the most overlooked people in the church. Which can cause some people, one with this name, they can become bitter. We're going to talk as we get into Galatians, which we're heading to after after, um, about the fruits of the Spirit. And if you don't have the fruits of the Spirit growing in you, all of these gifts can become bitter fruit but we can become bitter if someone with the gift of service can become bitter when they don't get any recognition. I know some of you have the gift of service and you know, and and I try to catch all of you. I don't always get to you, everybody, but I love you guys. I'm so appreciative with you. And I bet you guys are appreciative for the people with the gift of service too, aren't you? You may not even know who they are because they work behind the scenes. We often, we, we often neglect them. We, we don't think that you know, when I got here this morning, the air conditioners were on because someone got up and turned it on. The coffee was made because someone got here and turned it on. The van was working because someone made sure it was working. The bulletins were folded because someone folded them. You know, we, you know someone made sure the sound system was working right or the lights turned on and we have all our bulbs in place. Someone was doing repairs yesterday. We don't think about these people because we don't see them at work. And that's the way they kind of like it. <laughs> but they make the church run. And if you don't see, if you're one of those people and you don't feel like people are parishioning, you know what? Go ahead and stop for a while. They'll start noticing. But you wouldn't do that because you got a gift of service. And we love you for it. We love those of you who are service, with the gift of service. We so appreciate you. And if we miss you, it does not on purpose. Because we love you guys. But These people are, are where the Spirit of God uses to meet the practical, meet the road. Rubber meets the road right here with the gift of people, of service. Another danger of these uh, people with this gift, though, is as they see the world. See, we, we see the world through our motivational gifts. If your motivational gift was prophecy, you're like, How can I make things better? You see how someone's life is going right and, or, or someone's life is going wrong and how you can get right on God, and that's how you see the world. And you're like, I don't see why you don't see exactly what I'm looking at. But if you got this gift to service, you're like, we need to take care of things. And so you might get so caught up in the physical needs of things and the physical that you forget the spiritual needs that someone else sees. Let me put this in another phrase. Spouses, you got that parter that just leaves the clothes on the floor. They don't think about it. You know what? They probably don't even notice it's there. They don't see the world in the same way you do. You're the one that it's bothering because you see the world in a way that you're like, pick up your clothes. And they're like, meh, I don't even see it. Step right over it. We see the world differently. And if you got the gift of prophecy last week, you're like, that was me, I got the gift of prophecy, you're going to see the world with what can I do to make things better. You may not see the world the same way as someone with the gift of spirit, of service sees the world. Someone with the gift of service saying, like, I see that you need this, and we need this, and that person needs this, and this is the practical needs, and, and we don't need all that spiritual stuff, we need to meet, the rubber needs to meet the road, we need to make sure people are getting their fed, and we need to make sure... And someone else with the gift of teaching may be like, I didn't see any of that. Because they see the world differently. And so if you've got the gift of, of, of service, you're going to see the world with practical things in mind. And the danger there is you can forget the practicality, you forget the spiritual in lieu of just the practical. So we need to balance each other out. But someone with this gift is going to ask, how can we serve? How can I help? You may not have a lot to give, but you can help. I can name a few people with a gift of service right here in this room because I know you guys are the ones that no one else talks about because you guys are making things happen. But if you're just a consumer of the church, what do I mean by consumer? You just go to church to consume it. You're not actively involved in the church body. You probably would never know these people's names. So how does it manifest? How does it manifest? Service can manifest in almost any way because you might be a teacher, but you don't have the gift of teaching. You teach because you are serving their needs. You might, have the gift of pro- you might be prophesying, not because you have the gift of prophecy, but you are serving their needs by making their life better. You may be speaking in tongues. Why? Because you're speaking to their needs. Or healing. I knew a guy with gift of healing. I'm not talking about the gift of healing where you walk up to someone and smack them across the face. Heal! And they're like, I got a bruise now, thanks. I'm talking about real healing. I've seen it done when people pray. I've seen two different types of healings. They pray and someone is actually healed. Or I got another friend of mine who became, who because of his servant heart, he heals because he became a doctor. Why? Because he wanted to see to the physical needs of people. Service is one of those things that you see a need, and whatever you need to do to get that need met, if you need to administ- become an administrator to get that need met, then you're an administrator. And it will manifest itself in administration. That doesn't mean you necessarily have a gift for it, but you're going to do it. And God's going to bless you because you're using your gift of service. See how the motivational gifts flow into the other gifts? They manifest themselves to the other things. And God will use the motivational gift To better the world around you. So, how will God use his servants in the world around you? Now, you may be, some some of you are like, prophecy, I knew that was not me. But service, that may be me. When we got five others of these? You're like. Now, some of you are like, I know I'm not a servant. I can tell you right now that I don't care about your practical needs. And it's not that you don't care, you just don't see. And some of you flat out, someone could come up to you, and unless they flat out says, I need this, you're not going to notice it. And you know what? That's okay. You do not have the gift of service. But someone with the gift of service is going to notice it. Without you even asking, they're going to notice it. Now, you guys are all great people. So if someone comes up to you and says, I need this, you're going to give. You're going to help them out. That's, that's why, you know, because you're great people. The servant, they're going to notice and that may be you. You may be of the gift of service. You may not. That's okay, too. Next week, we're going to talk about the gift of... What's next on the list? Anyone remember? Teaching. We're going to talk about the gift of teaching. That one's special to me. I'll tell you why. Maybe you've got the gift of service and you need to be praying, God, how can I apply this gift to the world around me? In the circumstance where some of you have said, I know I've got the gift of service, or at least I used to could, and you focused on the ministries too far, too long that you forgot about the real life applications of the present moment. How can I apply your gift to today? Maybe your gift was prophecy, and you're like, How can I apply that to today? Maybe you're neither one of those, and you're like, Well, I can't wait till we get to giving because I'm good at giving. Or I'm good at, I won't we'll talk about that one, and we'll get there. Maybe today you just need to say, I, I've got some things in my life that are stopping me from using any of the gifts selfishness, bitterness. Hatred. I can't use any of God's gift of glutton, anger, and, and rage, but in my heart, stop me unforgiveness on stopping me from, from doing God's work. Or maybe that's where you're at. You need to begin working on these things. Maybe it's I need. To, maybe your next step is I need to write in my calendar. I'm going to find a counselor this week. You know, we got in our heads that counseling is wrong. I don't know where this lie came from. It's okay to get help. Maybe we got in our heads that forgiveness was a one-time event. That's not how forgiveness works. It's a daily challenge. Sometimes minute by minute challenge. Maybe you're at the point where you say, well, I, I, I know what my spiritual gift is, but I'm afraid to use it. Maybe you're, that's your goal for this next week is say, I need to say, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use my gift. I'm going to use my gift. Maybe I want to look for the opportunities where I used to could. Now I want to wonder if I still could. We're going to pray. And we're going to go into a time of invitation, which we invite you to not just come forward.